This is WCPO FM 1051 on your FM dial, Cincinnati, Ohio. WKRC, Cincinnati. This is the nation station. Hi again, everyone, and welcome to the Cincy Shirts Podcast. It's episode number 10. I'm P.F. Wilson, the content director for Cincy Shirts and our sibling site, OldSchoolShirts.com. Today on our show, Rudy Dorsey from Everybody's Records. I noticed it, and I thought, oh, these might be people looking at how much it's worth on eBay and if they uh, can flip it. <laughs> but in the talking to the people, you could see them going, no, I'm just seeing if I have it in my collection. They have their collection downloaded on their phone so they don't buy doubles. This episode is dropping a few days ahead of Record Store Day, which is Saturday, April 21st. And Rudy is one of the managers at Everybody's, one of Cincinnati's most storied record stores. We talk about vinyl, CDs, the state of the music industry, and what people are buying these days, and uh, what they're not buying, and whether vinyl is better than CD, and all kinds of interesting stuff. Listen for the promo code at the end of the episode so you can save 20% on your next visit to our website or store. Uh, also, if you're listening to us via iTunes, please leave us a review. It's very helpful. helps get the word out about the podcast and uh, more folks can enjoy it that way. And so with that, let's talk to Rudy from Everybody's Records. CincyShirts.com in Cincinnati. So we're here with Rudy Dorsey of Everybody's Records. And uh, Rudy, how are you doing? Pretty good. How are you? Good. Thanks for uh, being on the podcast. We appreciate it. Another fellow local business. So the first time I came to Everybody's Records was in August of 1990. Mm-hmm. My uh, wife was living here. We were just friends at the time. And she goes, I got to take you a couple record stores. And this is one of them, and I left copies of my uh, dumb newspaper I was editing at the time, and then I sent them to you probably until I stopped publishing it a couple years later. Uh, New Music News, don't know if you remember it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, everybody's records, everybody knows it, but how long has it been here? It will be 40 years this June it's been in business. Uh, it started with the two aisles over from where you're sitting right now Okay. to your left and expanded over the next 10 years to what we have now. All right. How long have you been here? I've been here 24. 24. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so who started Everybody's Records? Marilyn Kirby, still the current owner of the store. Okay. But she's pretty absentee. It's pretty much retired. Just checks in now and again. Okay. And so business good? I mean, vinyl seems to have been making a big comeback. I mean, people yeah. aren't buying CDs much, it, but... CDs still, to people's surprise, still are pretty strong for us. And I think the most reason for that is because nobody really carries them anymore. Ah. But there's still a good chunk of people that like to have the CDs. And you do see people buy CDs and vinyl. Depending on the um, price of the vinyl, somebody might pick up a CD instead of getting the, the record. Yeah, people like that permanency, I think, yeah. of having the CD. Yeah. Um, so what do you th- is, is vinyl been selling a lot more lately, as we've heard? Or is that kind of just a, a hipster thing that people no, think vinyl selling more? I don't think it is a hipster thing, uh, simply based on what I see people I see coming in here. I mean, it can range from grade school kids to guys in their late 60s, late 70s. It, I think it just encompasses, encompasses everybody these days, just not the hipster crowd. Yeah, my daughters are into vinyl now. Are they hipsters? Yeah, no, they're not. <laughs> so but, there you go. Uh, 
Yeah, and I always kind of tease them because uh, I got rid of all my vinyl when it went to CD because I didn't yeah. keep both. The only vinyl I have left is stuff that didn't come out on CD, uh, and it's mostly 12-inch singles that were never released on. Nice. On that. Yeah, so so I've got a, probably one of these, like, milk, two milk crates worth probably of vinyl left. Mm-hmm. And uh, so what uh, what are the big sellers these days? Is it people going back and finding, like, old 60s stuff? Is it current stuff? Cause I know new uh, artists are releasing probably stuff. Probably 50-50. Okay. You know, you see a lot of, of the newer stuff. The age group for that ranges probably from 18 to 30. And then I see a lot of younger kids that are in high school or in grade school looking for old classic rock for three or four bucks. And you also see people coming in, going through the used stuff, trying to fill in their collection, the holes in their collection. So let's talk about you and your interest in music. When did you like first get interested in music? Uh, I was probably earliest five, six years old. Had an old console stereo. Used to play my uh, parents' records on it. Okay. And, and what did they listen to? Uh, Harry Belafonte. Oh, there you stuff go. Stuff like that. Yeah, Frank yeah. Sinatra. Yeah, stuff I like that. My mom had the uh, Live at Carnegie Hall album. Yeah, I still have it. It's one of my favorite albums. Yeah, I remember the, uh, discovering that the Banana Boat song was on that. I'm yeah. Like, oh, no, we had this. Yeah. yeah the thing with me with uh, records was I didn't realize you could own a record. It just yeah. amazed me. My uh, Our gym teacher in elementary school, probably fourth, fifth grade, he used to play Popcorn uh, by Hot Butter, mm-hmm. which I later discovered was actually a cover by uh, a guy named Gershon from Germany. But he would play that. And then my uh, friend turned out he had the 45 of it. And I was just totally blown away. Yeah. Maybe you, you could actually own this? It was incredible. First time I got uh, allowance. Yeah. I remember walking in uh, Woolworths and seeing records and thinking, wow, I have money. I can buy this. I can listen to it whenever I want. What's the first record you bought? It was uh, 45 of Staying Alive. Oh, there you go. I think think mine, and a guy just posted about this on Facebook who's working with uh, this guy now, it was uh, The Streak by Ray Stevens. Nice. A guy I'm friends of a friend of uh, is working with Ray Stevens on a TV show or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, a little novelty record. So, are you from Cincinnati? Yes. Okay. So, and where would you do your record shopping as a kid? Um, I started a record theater that used to be in Norwood. Okay. Uh, Moles up in Clifton. Yeah. There's Ozarks in Clifton. Yep. And here at Everybody's. Okay. And uh, so, Moles, as I understand it, the what happened here? The Ozark, the guy that owned Ozark passed away. Yes. And Moles took over the spot from his widow. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And, and now they have moved on to, uh, I think, McMillan. Yeah, they're in his old deal with Orzark yep. space. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I've been around here for a while. So, listen, I'm, I'm kind of familiar with some of the locations. There's also, there was Wizard Records on Short yeah. Line. And then that guy went up to Oxford. And what yeah. happened? Do you know what happened to him? Um, I just think he kind of faded. Okay. I'm not really 100% sure, but I just think he just got tired of it. Yeah. Uh, is it still a tough business to be in, or now that it's kind of condensed down? Uh, it is. Um, there's so many record stores opening now around the city. Oh, okay. So, you know, the competition's picked up, but I think there's enough diversity in the different stores that are here that everybody should survive. Uh, is everybody seen as a, like a, a specialty? Do you have a, a specialty that you guys deal with, or is it... You know, I'm not a, the right person to ask about that. <laughs> I don't think because I'm so ing- ingrained here. I just think it's... We have such a wide variety of stuff. That's true, yeah. You know, some pe- some places... You just focus on certain genres, and that's it. Yeah. Where we kind of try to have everything. Um, I noticed when I was walking in, there's still a couple of racks of cassettes. I noticed when I was here shopping yep. last time. Or- that's, um, surprisingly, we keep them. One, you know, as you say, the hipsters like them. Yeah. Also, there's people that buy cars and say, all I have is a tape player. Oh, okay. And they're like, radio is so bad around here, I'd just rather listen to tapes. 
Hmm. Yeah, I remember um, a couple of artists used to release, they'd give you extra tracks on the cassette yeah. to entice you to buy that instead of buying the this. album and taping the and yeah. taping it, yeah, off your buddy or something. Yeah, so what kind of music do you enjoy? Uh, pretty much all of it. Okay. Um, yeah, it just depends on the day and what my mood is. You okay. can go from jazz to metal to reggae uh, to hip-hop to alternative. just depends. So what are you listening to a lot lately? Uh, a lot has been the new Tyler Childers record, Country Guy. Okay. Just, it sounds like an old Hank Williams. Oh, neat. You know, record. Okay. Boozing and drinking and... Living a rough life. It's pretty good. <laughs> there you go. So uh, you started 24 years ago mm-hmm. here. And at the time, I guess that would have meant that, if I'm adding this up correctly, I would have been at Musicland, one of the big chain stores, during mm-hmm. the big proliferation of uh, record stores. Yeah. Yeah. Fueled by the big CD craze. Yes. Now, yeah. I know maybe you've been, we're too new in the business, but did people back then realize it was a bubble that it was... I don't think so. Really? I just think people... A lot of people just like the convenience of the CD, and you know you could get singles, CDs. You could really build your collection. I think what happened with Napster and then the CD prices getting outrageous. Yeah, people just revolted against it. Aha! Uh-huh. Yeah, it was strange because um, you know Musicland opened their own competing store to, to compete with themselves with Media Play. Yeah, to sell you know what we call below box, and for uh, yep. those not in the know, box is the uh, is the is the suggested retail. Oh no, it's just the price that the record store pays for the CD. Yeah, and then list is the price, of course, that it's put on it. And list is usually was usually eighteen nineteen bucks by the yeah. end of that. Yeah, yeah, it was just getting out of hand. Yeah, and how did everybody's compete in that environment, or did they not? Was it? <laughs> Uh, I was pretty much uh, like being in a boat on a really stormy ocean. <laughs> Just held on for dear life. You kind of stuck to what we did. You know, had a lot of catalogs and deeper stuff. And we also had a nice clientele, faithful clientele that helped. So. Yeah. And do you still see a lot of the same people coming in, buying yes. stuff? Okay. Yes. And I know there's people I haven't seen them. You know, you think about It's like they probably have passed on. Yeah. So. And do you like find... People discovering the store that are maybe moved yeah. to town? A couple times a week we'll hear, uh, first time I've ever been here. Or people say, I drive by here all the time and never seen it. And if you're coming up Montgomery Road, you're not you're not looking at the stores. You're looking at the traffic because it's pretty crazy out there. Yeah, it's something you get to look for. I know, of course, there's the comic book store across the street. My mm-hmm. daughter always comes here and then goes over to the comic book yeah. store. You kind of get a lot of cross. Yeah, we used to have a really neat uh, toy store that was here. Oh, that's right. Yeah. They're a toy store, and it was just like a trifecta. You know, you could see two bags from one store coming through the door all the time. So, but now, unfortunately, you know, they moved on. But we still do good cross-business with the uh, comic book store. And then now the bars and restaurants that have opened around here, it's really helped, too. So people come in, get a little buzz, and then come spend their money loosely. Yep. I need, I need to get this record. <laughs> They're the best spenders. Yeah. So I'm curious. I know uh, one of the big things that you know everybody's in a lot of the old independent stores used to be famous for was, of course, used CDs and vinyl mm-hmm. and things like that. So I always wondered how do you determine what to buy and what it was worth. I was always kind of the mystery when I would be record shopping in Pittsburgh um, and Cleveland. And well, you, it just comes down to you pay attention to what's selling. It's you know you read what's selling. You know, you work in the cash register, you see what people are buying. And then, you know, you go out in the aisles, you see what sits there for so long. You just kind of build your knowledge off of that. So you kind of get a little intuition? Or yeah. Because I know some yeah, places. Yeah, and then also, you know, you listen to what the customers are looking for or what they're asking for. You know, we run contests on Facebook. 
and we'll check and see what people are listening to make sure we have it in here. So customers are pretty good at help too. I don't know this is before your time, but of course a lot of like, you know, college radio people would always sell the extra records they got, the promos and things like that back yeah. in the day. Okay, so I was in a uh, record store in McKeesport, my buddy and I had uh, decided to try out, and I brought up uh, a 12-inch single for, I think it was for uh, General Public, and the guy he goes, $15, and I'm like, what? I can get this for three bucks at Jim's in Bloomfield. I just happened to be here. And the guy, he th- it's rare. And, and yeah. I'm like, no, it's not rare. And, and the buddy finally said, oh, no, no, you probably start five bucks for that. But this is like the owner of the store. And uh, I mean, what, what kind of a learning curve is there when you first start a record store to kind of get to that expert level? Huge. Yeah. It's huge. And I, you know, I'm still learning, you know, 24 years on, I'm still learning. But you, you just, now you got the discogs where you can kind of look and see what, People are valuing that. And um, in here, we know we're not getting eBay prices. We don't even try. What we try to do is price them fairly to get them in and then get them back out as fast as possible. So what's like some of the interesting things you've learned in the business over the years? Like things that surprised you about working in a record store? Uh, how much I didn't know about music till I started here. Uh-huh. Yeah, I thought I was like Mr. Music Man. And then starting here and listening to all the different things I've never heard in my life. I was amazed. Yeah, I would imagine because working in a chain store, I was pretty good. Yeah, because you know, you know, the mainstream and just below the mainstream. But yeah, yeah the, when you get to the really uh, obscure stuff, you know, the bluegrass and all the other things. People bluegrass, listen. jazz, big band, even big band singers from back in the day. So, the, and that's another interesting thing is like there, of course, there was the I think of the ska movement back in the there was the yeah. Yeah, there's the '80s, and then yeah. everybody hated it, and then it came back in the '90s, and everybody yeah. then everybody got mad at it again. Yep. So how do you kind of keep up with that kind of with those kind of trends? Is it difficult because you don't want to like end up with sitting on too much of it? But no, then- the way we do it, you follow it, you try to stock a certain amount of it, but not stock it so high where you're stuck stuck with things. But it just comes down to basically reading, listening to customers. Seeing whether people, you know, with social media, it's gotten a lot easier. Yeah, how it has social media kind of fit into the record store business? Uh, I think pretty well. I think it's a good way to reach uh, customers without paying for advertising, you know, on the radio because it's gotten so expensive. So it's it's, it's really easy to reach out. You can uh, suggest things. People can interact with you a lot easier. And how else do you get the word out about the store these days? Uh, just word of mouth, basically. And then, you know, people wearing T-shirts. There's people that come in from out of town. We'll throw them a T-shirt figuring, hey, they're walking advertising. Oh, there you go. I'm going to go to another town. So Yeah. Do you, do you guys do any, like, any mail order or things like that from? We do a little bit. Okay. Uh, we're not, we don't have an online store as of yet. Okay. But if some, you know, we get a lot of calls from people from out of town. They're looking for something they can't find in their city. And they'll ask okay. if they'll uh, mail it out. We're like, sure. So, are there still like the record collector magazines and things like that? Are those a big source for people still? Yeah, if you can find them. Oh, okay. You know. Yeah. Uh, Goldmine's gotten to be such a small magazine. You almost need a magnifying glass to read it. It's a lot of magazines that's just gone by the wayside due to, you know, the internet. Yeah. My friend used to read a record collector. Yeah. 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 They're still around. Yeah. So, do you have people come in that still are serious collectors and looking for, they got to have, you know, this version of. Yeah. How are those folks, you know, is it, is it tough to find stuff? Is it getting tougher and tougher? It's or? getting tougher with so many people back in the vinyl. It's really getting tougher for them to find stuff. And then, you know, they're used to back in the day when vinyl wasn't popular yeah. being pretty cheap. And now some of the prices, they 
They're like, oh, I remember I could get this for two bucks. And it's like, well, we rarely see it anymore. So yeah, that's why it's gone up. My daughter, I think, was in here uh, a couple of weeks ago, and she, she'd gotten into the stray cats, oddly. And she asked if you guys ever got stray cats in. I think someone thought, well, sometimes you get it for like a dollar or two. And the, so what kind of make it, is the determination between, you know, what's this what people want or? Yeah. And also what you see a lot of. You see, like, like Eagles records. You almost see in every collection. So those are like three or four bucks. Uh, okay. Pink Floyd, you don't see as much. And you know, with Dark Side of the Moon and The Wall and all that stuff, they can range from nine to 20 bucks, generally. Now, just, wh- why would that? Because that was the Dark Side of the Moon was on the uh, famously on the album chart. You just forever. can't. You don't see it traded in as much. It almost was like every collection that came in, Dark Side of the Moon would be in there. Now you see it about every fourth or fifth collection. Wow. And as soon as you put it out, it's right back out. Wow. So what are, what are some other big ones that people are looking for? Any Rolling Stones, Grateful Dead, rarely see. And when we do see it, goes out pretty fast. Any uh, hip-hop on vinyl from back in the day goes oh, pretty fast. Yeah. You know, reggae's really hard to find. Um, hmm. You know, most classic rock you see pretty often. What about uh, the old alternative college radio stuff? Very hard to find. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you can find REM or um, stuff like that pretty easily, but like Husker Du or any stuff like that, Clash. Feelies, Guadalcanal Diary. Yep. You're starting. You'll find them on reissues faster than you will okay. originals. Uh, so speaking of vinyl, and uh, as uh, someone who's worked in this business for a while, I mean, th- there was the argument back in the day was, oh, CDs are, are so much better, they're so much better clarity, and now people are coming around and saying, oh, no, the vinyl is so much better. Yeah. On the audio, what, what's your opinion? I like records simply for the experience. CDs, you drop them in, you push play, you walk away. You don't really, I don't see too many people reading the liner notes of CDs. You know, LPs, you got that nice package there. You have the lyrics there. You know, it's like reading a book to music. I think that just the whole experience, you know, you have to get up and actually flip the record over and you put the needle on it. Yeah, it's just a fun experience. Now, to my friend Pat Francis, who does a music podcast, that's a huge inconvenience. <laughs> <laughs> it is, yeah, and then you can't take him in the car. And you can, but uh, uh, audio quality wise, what do you reckon? Uh, depends when they were recorded. If they're recorded okay. for CD, they're going to sound better on CD. Oh. They're recorded for analog records. They're going to sound better on records, in my uh-huh. opinion. And then what about kind of like that? sweet spot where like in the 80s where people were going from analog to digital like i would still say records then okay as if you remember the cds were so tinny sounding back then yeah that's true so but theoretically then uh my omd records that were actually made for records the first four albums yeah versus the next three that came uh that were recorded in digital you think the cds would probably should sound better but the vinyl of the first four should sound better is that the yeah not by much these days yeah yeah, you because know, they do so much time, you know, remastering them. But uh-huh. I, I would still prefer vinyl. Yeah. As you've gotten older, like like me, has it gotten harder to tell? <laughs> it has. Yeah. Because I'm like 52, and I'm like remastered. I, that like the like the aforementioned OMD, they reissued uh, Junk Culture. I only wanted it because I had the extra tracks. Yeah. So it's been totally remastered. I'm like, I'm not going to be able to tell the difference. No, unless you have like one of those huge. <laughs> Yeah, million dollar stereo systems. Yeah, you're not going to notice a whole bunch. Now, as it turned out, I did notice a few things in some of the older songs that probably because I was listening with headphones and yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, and what about versus like download? Like, do you do you have an MP3 player? How do you usually no. listen to music when you are at home? Uh, usually CD or record. Okay. Occasionally, I turn on Spotify or uh, Pandora. Okay. 
But usually it's CD or record. Okay. Uh, a, a buddy of mine years ago told me uh, that, you know, the, and I think my brother might have said this too. He would buy an album and he would immediately, on the first play, he would record it onto an SA90 because uh, my friend said the, this, the first time you play that, the, the quality of that just plummets. And yeah. Is that true or is that just a, an old? I wonder. Okay. Sounds like an old wives' tale. Okay. A little bit. <laughs> All right, because you know, I, I, you know, I got plenty of old records. I think sound just the same as they did. If if you take care of them and you clean them and you, you know, treat them with respect, I think they'll hold up. Okay, uh, so do you have people coming in or kind of like new to vinyl and they want to know what to get, or people pretty much know they just want to get the stuff they like and Probably get it in vinyl? Probably fifty percent on each side. Okay, because I think there's just so many people each day that get added to the vinyl craze. That they're like, you know, with record players, what should I get? You okay. Know, 1 180 gram versus this. You know, there's always a lot of questions. Okay, let's break that down. What should someone get? For, because, you know, they famously sell these cheap Crosley ones in the, in the Target. I would say, and, to me, when you're starting out, I'd get a Crosley. Okay. To make sure you're actually into collecting records. Okay. Once you get past like 25, 30, 40 records, 50 records, yeah. then you should consider getting a decent stereo system. Okay. And that, then, that'll just enhance. Your love for it. Okay, so what's a decent stereo system like gonna run you? You reckon? Um, I went to a Stereo Advantage here in town. Got a pretty decent setup for two hundred and fifty bucks. Okay, you know, and fills the room real nice with music, but the neighbors can't hear it. <laughs> that's good. Is there a big difference between, uh, like you were saying, the hundred eighty gram and just finding like maybe an old record from that was produced back in the seventies that was to my ear? No. Okay, I think one hundred eighty gram. I understand the craze, but I think if they just did records normal weight, a little bit cheaper, they'd sell a lot more. Okay. Because uh, you've been here for so long, the store's been here for so long, I imagine. Have bands ever come through here, and was that was that ever a thing back in the day? Uh, we usually get small bands in a van, traveling around, playing shows at little clubs that will come in and want to sell their stuff. Okay. And we'll buy it straight from them, and yeah. usually it will sell. Okay, like they're in town doing a gig. and Yeah, but like big-time bands, that's long gone. Oh, uh, okay. No one does that anymore? No. Anybody like any celebrities in general come in that... Not of late. Hmm. No. Any, since you've been in the 24 years you've been, like who's like the most famous person to probably ask? Um, very stealthily, Billy Corgan from uh, Smashing oh, wow. Pumpkins. Okay. Uh, when he's in town, he usually gets here when we open, um, has his hood up. We don't say anything to him. <laughs> Just let him shop. I'll drop a couple hundred bucks. Somebody says something to him. He's real cordial, real nice to him. But, you know, he just comes in, shops, gets his records, and goes. Hmm. And so where do you see the, the record and the, the CD and the audio business going? Because people used to ask me that all the time at the record store, and I always thought they were going to eventually just put a chip in your head, yeah. and that was going to be the future. <clears throat> yeah, I think for the foreseeable future, it's just going to be uh, what it is as it is today. You know, CDs, records, and then people who don't want to deal with that, always download or stream music. And you were mentioning before about, you know, how albums, you know, you get that nice package that could have been. That is one thing I do miss about vinyl is that yeah. just the nice big and a lot of the big gatefold. Sometimes there'd be a booklet in there. Yeah. That was always very exciting. And, you know, as bookstores have struggled, you know, people buy books online. Uh, do you think, ironically, that music is more of a visual medium, even though it's actually an audio medium, and that people still like to come in and actually, you know, thumb through as opposed to, like, you know, with books, or is it, yeah. are, they, are they similar in some... Um, I think it's different. Like you said, it's audio and visual and, um, you know, the phys- physical part of it. A lot of people 
consider their music collection like an art collection. You know, they like to have it spread out on a wall so people can browse it and, you know, see what they like. It's an extension of their personality. And I think books are the same way. But I just, I think music is different. And so how many records and CDs do you have personally, would you reckon? I did not collect records for the first 20 years I worked here. Oh, wow. Because I figured if I have it, somebody else is going to miss out on it. Oh. Especially the really good stuff. But after a while, I just said, this is kind of stupid. You know, I miss playing it. So I started just filling in holes here and there. I think now I got probably 300 LPs and maybe 300 CDs. And I have a rule. I have to like at least 75% of it to keep it. Oh, okay. That's you a know? good Yeah, my wife is making me thin the herd. Uh, so I'm digitizing uh, stuff yeah. and getting rid of it. Yeah, there's one or two songs, and then I'm backing it up in different places because, you know... And that's the thing that people understand is we we people say oh kids can you know listen to anything on Spotify no you can't yeah there's so much stuff that's missing yeah yeah I mean what do you, what holes do you notice on Spotify a lot yeah like really early 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 hip hop uh, a lot of punk a lot of a lot of alternative stuff a lot of jazz I mean there's so much of it floating out there and it I mean. It's, uh, it's okay. I use Spotify more as a learning tool. Yeah. And I do actually like a collection kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, it's handy for if you want to find out about an artist or yeah. something like that. But if you want to like own something, it's, it's difficult. A, a real strange one I found that's that's missing is uh, if you go and look up Slave to Love uh, by Brian Ferry, mm-hmm. you'll find this really neat extended version that was used for the video, but you can't buy it on iTunes. It's not in Spotify. It's no the only place it is. Is on that video, and I'm certain you probably could have bought that back in the day. Yeah, yeah. probably as a 12 inch yeah. special edition. I'm, I'm gonna look when we're done with this interview. <laughs> by the way, I've got my I have a list on my phone now that I keep. Other people do that? Do they come in with a shopping list? And yeah, um, at first, you know, I noticed five or six years. I noticed it, and I thought, oh, these might be people looking at how much it's worth on eBay and if uh. they can flip it. <laughs> but in the talking to people, you could see them going, "No, I'm just seeing if I have it in my collection." They have their collection downloaded on their phone, so they don't buy doubles. Yeah, I try to keep a Google Doc of the stuff that I want to find, Yeah, but I'm never disciplined enough to actually, like, when I get home, to type it into the computer and say, <laughs> oh, I need to find, like, the Feelies' first CD I'm yeah. trying to find, because everything else is available yeah. except that one. Uh, so it's, it's really weird. So uh, the other stuff that you guys sell besides records, you know, and CDs, what kind of, does that make up? A significant chunk of business. I mean, people are really fans. You know, people probably want the, the posters. Um, and the yeah, t-shirts it, it's and, a nice addition. You know, kind of like found money. You know, with posters and T-shirts. You know, it just it's like an old record store used to be. You know, yeah. You go and get T-shirts and you know the in, incense, the knickknacks and stuff like that. It's probably five percent of what we do. And do you find uh, like the stuff? Do you order it from other places, or do people bring it in and try to sell it to you and say, "Hey, uh, you we probably like this Beatles ashtray." Yeah, we yeah we buy some stuff, but most of it's ordered from companies. Very rarely does anybody bring anything in, and usually, if they do, they're looking for eBay prices. Uh, that just doesn't work for us. Okay. And uh, so you work what five days a week? Yeah, and probably get, about fifty hours a week. Like. So what do you do apart from, like, do you get tired of music? And if, if you do, what do you do? Uh, One of my favorite things people ask is, do you go home and listen to music? It's like, yeah. yeah. I said, when I'm working here and helping people, I'm not really paying attention to the music. Yeah. You know, and then also, you know, keeping things straight, trying to find what you're out of. You really don't listen to music. It is background 
you know, white noise most of the time for me. So, like, what is a typical day like? You, you show up around 10-ish, 10.30-ish, 10 store opens at 11. Pop everything open. Store opens at 11. Generally, we get a rush of people from 11 to maybe 1 with, new, you know, lunchtime. Chills out, and then about 3 o'clock, get another rush. Chills out, and then after dinner hour, another rush of people come in. Okay. And are people at lunchtime looking for something different than evening time, like the kids after school are looking for, I would imagine, looking for stuff different than yeah, pretty much. business people? Yeah. Then record store day, how has that benefited you? Tremendously. You know, um, not so much the uh, actual product of that they release. We do sell a good portion of that. But we also notice that people will pick that up, then walk around the store and pick up other things. So it's, it's you know that's the added bonus of it. People actually go out and celebrate record store days. I mean, you have those people looking just for the certain items, and then they leave. But most people, let's say ninety percent, will walk around and grab a couple other things. And so, what kind of plans do you have for record store day this year? Usual, open early, have about six bands play, oh. give away a couple turntables. Some gift certificates, stuff like that. Oh, wow. So what kind of bands come and play? Local bands, anywhere from, uh, we've had re- reggae DJs here, crazy art rock stuff. You know, just what it, whoever wants to play, who we can get in to play. Cool. And so what are most people, on? Um, like you said, they're, they're, they want around the store, but is there anything in particular people you know tend to gravitate to or on record store? Is it the special edition stuff? Or? It's special edition stuff, but we fill up every section we have and it's almost like a whole christmas season in one day because you know you'll go out and all the vinyl you know that was packed it'll be really nice and loose the used stuff will be nice and loose so around christmas season do you find more people that are you know not so much normal music buyers buying for friends coming in looking for recommendations yeah 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 a lot of uh, parents uh friends girlfriends boyfriends yeah Always coming in looking for suggestions. We still sell a lot of gift certificates, but I notice we sell a lot of records too. You know, people, I guess they give them lists and they know what they want. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, so what are like people rediscovering music wise? Cause I know I, uh, a couple months ago I was in here, I bought, um, Odyssey and Oracle by the zombies. So um, lucky to find that. Yeah. Um, a lot of that stuff. Um, some of the things that amaze us, Toto, I think it's number four, the red album. Oh, wow. We cannot keep that in stock ever. Simply because it has Africa song on it. And then a couple of record store days, I think it was last year, they had Toto's uh, 10-inch picture disc shape of Africa for Africa. And that was our biggest seller. Wow. But uh, a lot of people just discovering, you know, old country, old bluegrass, uh, jazz especially, Hmm. old soul music. You know, the hard-to-find things from here, um, I would say... Like the zombies, I would say um, Iron Butterfly. Of course, the Beatles, anything Beatles. But uh, after that, yeah, it's just some, it's wide variety of stuff people are looking for how, or discovering. How, how are the Beach Boys doing? Well. That's cool. Doesn't matter which album it is. Oh, neat. You know, okay. even if it's without uh, Brian Wilson, people snap it up. Yeah, I've been a Beach Boys fan for years. And I've kind of taken a second dive into the, um, the 70s portion of the catalog. Yeah. And, uh, boy, it's interesting. And I, I read a magazine uh, my wife bought me for, uh, it was a, like a biographical magazine, the one they sell out of Britain, where it's just they feature the one band and then they go album by album. Mm-hmm. And uh, I completely, I had the opposite opinion of every review in it. They, they hated 15 big ones. Yeah. I'm like, I love that album. Yeah. And, like, and then they're like, Love You was a really great album. And I'm like, 
I don't know, it's Peter Buck's favorite beach whale, but I'm like, I don't know. And I'm like a big electronics guy, and I'm like, yeesh. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's strange how, um, you know, the young people rediscover. How do you think young people are discovering a lot of this old music? I mean, I know how my daughters have, through me mostly. But. Yeah, I think parents, um, I also think with the, you know, YouTube, you can search any song and hear it. You know, documentaries on Netflix. Oh, yeah. Or uh, anything streaming. A lot of times when a new documentary comes out, we'll see an uptick of who that's about. Oh, okay. Like Nina Simone had one, and all of a sudden everybody's looking for records or CDs of Nina Simone. Um, BET has a series, I think, series called Unsung. And we always know who is on the Unsung that night <laughs> before, because the next day people were coming in, like Donny Hathaway was a huge one. People were coming in looking for his stuff. Oh, this is kind of like Bandstand back in the day. Yeah. Top of the Pops in Britain. When you were on Top of the yeah. Pops, the next day people came into the shop. Yeah, I mean, there's so much good older music. I'm not knocking the music today, but there's so much music out there. It yeah. would take forever to, to listen to discover it all. Now, I'm going to sound old, which is okay because I'm 52. But and but I think people would agree with me. And I don't know maybe you know enough about this or not, but and, or if you follow what's popular. But there does seem to be more of a sameness in the charts these days, uh, both here and in the UK, because I listen to both occasionally. I listen to, I listen to a lot of Radio 1, but uh, only because the disc jockeys are so good still. Yeah. And yeah, there's a lot of sameness in the chart, and I swear there wasn't that sameness back in the 80s. Even if I didn't like it, you know, I didn't, you know Bruce Springsteen just never took for me, you know. <laughs> but but there's yeah. always a lot of variety in the chart. There was yeah. him, there was R&B, there was all kinds of other stuff. Yeah. Um, and But in a... But are you seeing that reflected in record sales, or are you seeing people buying, really buying a variety of stuff? Because it seems like, you people know... buy a variety of stuff. Yeah, that's what it seems like, anecdotally. Yeah. I mean, it's weird. You know, we can sell a ton of Eric Church records, and okay. we're trying to sell a ton of the national record, even though they're local. Yeah. But there's a band called Beach House. We sell a yes. ton of those. Yeah. Uh, War on Drugs is flying out of here. A uh, guy comes to my trivia shows. was like, yeah, listen to War on Drugs, man. He's like, yeah. all the stuff I played at trivia. Oh, another thing I think that uh, is kind of helping is um, when you mentioned Africa, it's featured in Stranger Things. Yeah. And so do you see an uptick when things are... Biggest a- selling soundtrack CD record we had last year. Oh, really? Yeah, it was, it's, it was huge. It okay. still is. We still sell them yeah. pretty often, but, you know... It was like the old days when you had a lot of sales on one particular title. Right. Like every other question, do you have Stranger Things? Can you get it? When you are going to have it? So Now, are you seeing the artists that are on that, apart from Toto, seeing a surge? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So who's who's coming off of that? Oh, I knew you were going to ask that, and I'm going to draw a blank. Well, I'll give, I guess it was kind of a leading question, because one of the things I'm going to look for when we're done, my daughter asked me to look for some Clash for her. Yeah. Took a deep, deep dive on the Clash she did after... That. After that, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. well, they've they've always been popular here, so yeah. But I do think that would help. Yeah, I tell her that she thinks she's weird for liking the Clash, and my wife and I are like, no, they're an important band. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So if someone comes in and you know is looking for the, and in fact, because she, she won't listen to me, who would you recommend? If people, are, you know, young people get into the Clash and music of that era, what kind of road do you lead them down? Uh, for them, yeah, I would probably start with Combat Rock or the self-titled album. And if they really want to go crazy, I say pick up Sandinista. Okay. She's listening to all of that in Spotify. Uh, hates combat rock. Loves London Calling. Yeah. Sandinista, she's like 50-50. There might yeah. be a little too much music on that. She's yeah. <laughs> so for, uh, coming off of The Clash, who do you recommend? I keep trying to get her into like, you know, The Damned and The Cure and <laughs> things like that. But she's like, it's 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 slow to take. 
the patch mode. Yeah. You like Electronica? She oh, might, yeah, yeah. She might have that. Oh, I tried to get that. No, not, nothing? No, hates no. I made her a big 80s playlist and tried to put a, a lot of variety on there. And she says back to me, she says, uh, make me stuff with more guitar stuff like the oh, Ramones, another big one she likes. Ramones. And Stray yeah. Cats, the aforementioned Stray Cats. Because uh, weirdly, one of the, this guy she used to like, uh, what was his name? Ja, uh, Drake Bell. Nickelodeon star. Yeah. Brian Setzer produced his album, and as such, Brian Setzer had to move a couple of Stray Cat songs. Yeah. Uh, Runaway Boys, I think, and I Won't Stand in Your Way. Yeah. And so from that, she discovered Stray Cats. And What about Talking Heads? Um, I should try that. My wife hates Talking Heads. That might be a hard sell. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's it. That's Do you like good. punk at all? Yeah, any, yeah any, a lot of guitars, Clash-like stuff. Is yeah. I'm trying to move her off. Not move her off that, but just kind of get her to... This branch out a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Because it's, I mean, I don't know, when you were young and you started listening to music, did you like focus on a couple of bands and kind of expand out? Yeah. Band? Yeah. So. Yeah. It, it was huge for me, was you too. Okay. But then I broke off into like REM and, um, why am I drawing blanks? <laughs> the Stooges, you know, stuff like that. So if they oh, would yeah, recommend, yeah. I'd go back and check out some I liked, some I did, you know, or yeah. didn't like. Yeah. Um, Velvet Underground, another one. There, yeah. Yeah. But that's the standard yeah. know, staple for everybody. Yeah. Well, I argue with people that, you know, people I say, oh, well, the Sex Pistols were the first punk band. They really weren't. Really, it was, I say the Stooges and the Velvet Underground. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. sit and watch Iggy for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, like, his stuff is still selling and all that stuff is still yep. still moving. Still moving. You know, Raw Power, uh, Funhouse, self-titled Stooges, constantly. And and how is electronic music doing? Oh, for us, it's not so big. We're not well-versed in it. Okay. I mean, we hit the big stuff, but, like, the more deeper stuff, that's just a little bit above us. Okay. And it's, it's hard to, to figure out. It's kind of like classical. You uh, really got to have a knowledge about it to really stock it. Yeah. I uh, watched a documentary called Synth Britannia, which I recommend to listeners. Uh, it was all about all the big synth bands from the... And there's still some stuff that I, you know, didn't realize was as big uh, as it was. So, getting back to the, the things you do apart, is there anything you do apart from music? Do you follow sports? Do you do? Uh, yeah, baseball. Okay, that's my true passion. I guess Cincinnati Reds baseball. I guess in this town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Growing up with the big red machine, I was spoiled and hooked for life. Oh yeah, see, even though they've been terrible, I still go. That is weird because being from Cleveland, Cleveland's always been uh, a football town. Yeah. I think that's finally, finally ending. Because um, you know, with the success of the Indians, yeah, and the, how dismal the Browns are, yeah. And see, here when I moved here, it always seemed to be the reverse because I showed up here when the Bengals were terrible, yeah. And the Reds were it's Reds had just come off a World Series, yeah. So, and you would probably say that Cincinnati, no matter what, will probably always be a, a baseball town. Maybe not as much as it has been before, simply because since the '90s they've had maybe four good years, yeah. As where the Bengals had a little stretch of relevance in the NFL. But now both teams are struggling, so. But don't you think it's a case of, like, once the Reds are back? Yeah. Yeah. See, I think the same thing in Cleveland. Once the Browns are back, people forget all about the Indians, no matter how well the Indians yeah. do. Yeah. Which is, uh, is strange. Any other interest you have apart from uh, just, music you know, and sports? No, nature. Yeah. We've got to go to Alaska this year, which was on the bucket list. I'd like to go up to Montana, just travel around, see that kind of stuff. Yellowstone. You're there, all that kind of stuff. Oh, cool. And then when you're out there, do you, like, visit independent record stores and kind of see what's... If they're there, yeah. Okay. I, it's not a top priority. Oh, but you have to wander on one? Yeah, to just get out and okay. into nature and experience it. 
Uh, are there like vast differences? You think in independent record stores across the country? I think so. Yeah. I only know the, the the main markets I'm in. Yeah, um, they are. I think everybody's kind of different. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Is it a matter of like if you're out west, you'll probably find more Western music. Where here, we're closer to Nashville, you find yeah. more more country. Yep. Okay. And, and if if you're in the East Coast, you'll find more, I guess, garagey kind of stuff. Oh, uh, makes sense. More hip hop. Yep. Okay. And so how do you see the future of the business going from here at everybody's? Uh, I think it will stay the course. That's cool. For at least the next 10 years. Okay. You know. And you think the fact that you're you're established uh, is going to kind of help you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it makes it a little easier on us because I don't want to say we're a brand name, but people generally know about the store. Yeah. But in a way, I guess it, it really is a brand of its own because, yeah. you know, people know it. Yeah. And uh, so uh, when I showed up here, and there were still a lot of, not a lot, like I said, we mentioned, you know, Wizards, Moles, uh, but how many independent stores were there in the 90s, late 80s, 90s? Probably eight. Eastern? I don't say eight or nine. Like real big ones? That yeah. People would... There used to be Kip's Record Arcade, which is... Oh, I've heard of that. Um, they did a lot of urban music. Okay. And they were good guys, and it was nice because if we didn't have it, we'd send people over there. Oh, okay. If they didn't have it, they would send people here. Yeah. But with the internet, and then they had bootleggers set up right across the street from their store. It just it killed them. <laughs> oh, yeah. The guy yeah. selling discs for two bucks. And, yeah. Yeah, they had to sell them for 13 or 14 bucks. Yeesh. It just did them in. Yeah. Yeah, I remember living in Pittsburgh and in Cleveland, and then not so much when I moved here because by the time I moved here, I was married, and, you know, life kind of takes over, but... You know, you'd spend the whole day, you'd go record shopping, and yeah. you'd make the loop all the way around. And, yeah. and did you ever do that back there, or were you yep. already working? Yeah, we've actually, uh, a couple guys and I just went up to Columbus last year. Oh, okay. Just to, it was nice to be on the other side of the counter for a change. Okay. Being, you know, nobody coming up and asking. Not that I don't mind being asked questions. Oh, sure, sure. But it's nice just to kind of go out and flip through and see what you can find. And what kind of things were you looking for? Nothing in particular. I just would go through, and if it... Piqued my interest. I'd grab it. I got a, uh, uh, what's the name of the band? Uh, new, they were called the Bog Trotters, an old 30s Americana oh. country bluegrass band, you know, hillbilly band. Found a couple good reggae records I'd been looking for. Picked up a couple jazz records, a couple gospel records. Okay. So, so you're getting more and more into that? Yeah. Uh, just, I'm 50. Yeah. So you kind of look... Your life's here, and then the other side of your life's here. So, just you kind of open your mind more to music. And so I imagine some from working here, you've probably been exposed to a lot of stuff. A lot, yeah. Okay, yeah, it's been an incredible education for me. Is, is there a, a style of like? Did, would you imagine you would have been in the gospel when you first started here, you been, or was it? No, <clears throat> and it's it's the older gospel. It's like the old quartet, Swanee Quartet, or the Fairfield Forge stuff like that. And just the vocal harmonies they have are just so beautiful. Yeah, Grant, it's a great message. Yeah, yeah. But it, it, the harmonies really hooked me into it. And do you kind of start to see some of the interconnection of the styles of music as yeah. you? Yeah. Yep. And what are some of the ones that people probably wouldn't necessarily think would influence the other? Um, I would course. say, yeah, I, I would say how much like the gospel harmonies really yeah. influence just singing in general, especially uh, soul music, because every time you look. Listen to it or read an article about a soul artists. They'll say, "Well, my mom played these church songs, or I sang in a church, and that's you know, 
And that's the big connection people don't put together. Because they figure it's gospel. They only do gospel. They don't pay attention to the secular music at all. Uh, yeah, it's interesting how people listen to one style of music, even though they're known for another style of music. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, great. Well, um, we always let uh, the person we've interviewed choose a, uh, a promo code for the T-shirts. And it could be a word or uh, phrase that we will uh, be good for the week this episode is up. They can get 20% off at Cincy Shirts. So what word would you like to choose? Spin. Spin? Spin. I like that. All right, cool. That's easy to remember. So that'll be... So folks that aren't like still in Cincinnati that listen, are going to be listening to the podcast, uh, they can get a hold of you on Facebook? Yeah. Well, we do not have a uh, website. Uh, we just do it through Facebook, uh, Instagram, and Twitter. Okay. Any plans to build a website? or you just... Eventually. Okay. Yeah. But Facebook's working out okay? Yep. Okay. And then for and the address of the store right here on Pleasant Ridge on Montgomery Road, it's 6106 Montgomery Road. Cool. Perfect. All right. Well, appreciate you taking the time today, Rudy. It was a, it was a great chat. Folks, come out and uh, get some records and CDs and stuff after you're done shopping at our store. And, uh, yeah, and uh, Rudy and the gang will be able to help you out here, find whatever you're looking for if you're just getting into vinyl or maybe you're just getting back into CDs. CDs, you think, yeah. yeah. you think Or uh, tapes. <laughs> yeah, you think CDs will, will make kind of a comeback with people getting um, tired of downloading things and wanting to have that permanency? Or I, th- I think where we're at now, it will stay there. I don't okay. think it will sink any lower. Okay. And maybe a small rise in it. Yeah. Do you think the younger people are more comfortable with not having the physical? Some are. Yeah. But some... Get in. I think what it is is kind of like a ripple effect. One person does it. Oh, okay. Person goes over to their house, sees it, listens, yeah. enjoys it. They start, then they find somebody who comes over and listens, enjoys it. They'll go out. So it's kind of a ripple effect. Yeah, it just makes me nervous because even like the stuff I'm getting rid of, I know I don't need to keep this CD for two songs. Yeah. But at the same time, I'll probably never get these two songs ever again. In fact, some of the stuff I was converting over, I looked up and it's like, it's all out of print. Yeah. So I'm kind of like, yeah. So I have it backed up uh, with Carbonite, which is uh, in Boston. It's an online service. Mm-hmm. And then uh, an external drive on my computer. And then on my computer. Yeah. Then I put it on zip drives too. So I probably got like four copies of everything. And I can NASA have a backup for your backup. <laughs> yeah, I, su- I would suggest if you see it today, buy it because you might not see it tomorrow. As a, yeah, you know, that was always, even going back into the 80s when my buddy and I would go around Pittsburgh he was up in Canada one time and saw something and didn't get it. He goes, I'll get this some other time. Dude, I should have bought that when I saw it. <laughs> yeah, we hear that a lot here. People, oh, it's here last time. That's a good, so that's a good pro tip if you're out record shopping, gang. If you see it, buy it. Buy it. Great. All right, well, thanks, Rudy. All right, no thanks. problem, man. Got a job at a record store three days a week and no more than four. Sometimes gotta take a look around. Sometimes gotta slow things down. Looking at my bedroom window. You're looking at your office wall. I'm walking around like a morning friend. Thanks again to Rudy Dorsey from Everybody's Records for joining us. They are on Montgomery Road in the Pleasant Ridge neighborhood of Cincinnati, if you're in town. Uh, Moles right across the street from UC on Calhoun, we talked about them. And of course, over Northside, we didn't talk about them, but there is equally legendary Shake It Records. You can check them out as well. Huge record stores, upstairs and downstairs to it. There's also Black Plastic Records on Main Street and over the Rhine. They're just a few doors down from our OTR shop. And today's show is produced by me, with some help from Josh and Darren. Our theme music is Cincinnati by Big Nothing. They are from Philadelphia. You can find them on Facebook, and of course you can find that song in iTunes or wherever else you get
get your music, or perhaps you can pick up their CD on Record Store Day. How about that? Find Vintage Tees from Philadelphia and other great cities like Cleveland, Louisville, Pittsburgh, Seattle, and more. Uh, we just added some more to the Portland store, by the way, uh, a couple of uh, soccer and football shirts. Uh, you can find those at oldschoolshirts.com. It's all one word. We have some record store and music-related tees there. There's a Turtle Record shirt in the Atlanta store, I know. We also have, uh, in the Cleveland section, a Moondog Coronation Ball shirt and some other music-related shirts as well. And, of course, uh, Cincy Shirts is online at cincyshirts.com. Check out our Let's Rock collection. We mashed up famous album covers with Cincinnati icons like Coney's and... Uh, the uh, genius of water there, uh, God Save the Queen City. Well, one of our designers, Kyle, came up with that. Pretty funny stuff. Uh, we also have a King Records t-shirt and a t-shirt for its sibling label, Federal Records. That was the original home of James Brown. And we have a Beatles ticket tee. It's a ticket from when they performed at the Cincinnati Gardens back in the 60s. All right, so in case you missed it, the promo code for the episode is SPIN. And again, that's good at cincyshirts.com as well as oldschoolshirts.com. All right, if you're in the Cincinnati area, stop by one of our stores. We are in Over the Rhine, as I said, on Main at Liberty. Currently, we are in the process right now moving down to the corner of 13th and Main, a little further down the block towards downtown, a little more action. It'll only be a block from the streetcar stop, too. So right now, even as I speak, they're moving boxes down the street. We hope to keep both stores, like keep the main store open and then just transition to the new store so we don't, you know, miss, miss a beat as it were, on Record Store Day here. Uh, we are in Hyde Park, also on Observatory, a block from the square. Loveland coming soon. We're hoping for late May or early June. Download or stream us next time. Bye!